is the Dillcast, episode 380. Naders. Naders. And this week, guys, we talk Yee-haw. Darkwood, Satisfactory, Rage 2, and Hades. I've seen the Naders. Stay tuned. Let me get out on that porch. I've got some pork rinds. All hail Travis Meyer, first of his name. Yeah. <laughs> Triple crack. <laughs> Hanky, <laughs> all right, you you can stop that now. Oh my God, food. Yeah, it's the Tillcast. Indeed. What day is it, Jason? It's like it is May twenty fourth. Uh, that's Jason. The year of the flood, twenty nineteen. <laughs> I'm Nas. I'm Rusty. And you're gonna get about thirty minutes of bullshit. Absolute. And, and then you're gonna get some gaming shit. Shit. Maybe. There's a lot of. Shit. It's an animated show, guys, so if you're not here for the shits and the fucks, and get the fuck out. Bye. I mean, we, we, we prefer you to stay, though. Uh, not really. Bye, uh, Felicia. I'm okay. If, uh, if you're just if, offended by us being us, then... Yeah, all right. You, you, can, you, can go, you, you can go listen to your Disney classics. Uh, <laughs> we are a show that is sponsored by no one and has two, two uh, co-pilot dogs. We have... The big woofer, which would be Zoe, who just wandered in. Big woofer. And then we have the deaf woofer, or the puppy Lola, who is the child of the night, hanging out outside for a few minutes, so I'll make sure she poops. So, <laughs> Because nobody wants her to poop in their lap. No, no. Or take a an aimed fart that stays with you for days. <laughs> Drilled hey, Rusty, it right into my thigh. How many it times was, did you have to wash those jeans? It, I mean, it, it took one, but uh, there was some Febreze happening. Uh, <laughs> so the puppy's super cute, but this puppy's also a handful, yeah. literally. Yeah. Super cute, though. Yeah. Um, ben, uh, let's get the bigger news out of the way. We can talk about what we're doing the rest of the Fuck week. Fuck yeah. I mean... So, we're in a state of emergency of sorts. Yes. Not this particular spot. No. So, we will not flood out unless all hell breaks uh, loose. Uh, unless somebody starts building an ark. Yeah. <laughs> so, let's explain. We're in Tornado Alley, right? And the last week we've been inundated with tornadoes. In fact, we got another tornado warning tonight. I am. And this is especially for Ian Cost. Ian Cost is uh, especially <laughs> scared of the uh, tornadic alley. He really? wanted to know how we survived in the storms. We just do. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's it, pretty much it. Like, I I can tell you from very, very personal experience that me and the dogs were in the laundry room and I was playing a stupid Stranger Things game on my phone, had radar up, and on the other side of the window had, um, you know, our St. Travis Meyer on, yes. on the... <laughs> Travis on, Meyer, on the internet, saying of Oklahoma, he is, right? He is the uh, meteorologist that ends up working so much overtime right around this time of year. Oh well, <laughs> I, I wonder. Mean, if he, I think he gets paid I'm, by the storm. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> like another one. I'm yes. pretty sure he and Alan Crone like slept all of six hours between Monday morning and Wednesday. 2 a.m. So even we, our storm chasers actually have celebrity status around here. So oh yeah, Von Caster is uh, a see, nutbag. See exactly. The thing is, is because we have such violent weather here, we do have to have people that are paid fairly well to actually keep the area safe. So this is not like 
you go to somewhere, you know, like Las Vegas, their weatherman, like, it's just sunny. He's like, it's sunny, it's hot, everybody's miserable, go away. Right. <laughs> like, they don't have weather, right? But we have weather here, and our weather is it's crazy. It's dynamic. It's very dynamic. And, and the thing is, is that Travis tries his best not to get super excited about things, but... He does get super excited about these storms, and he's, he's been a weatherman here now for I think most of my entire life. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he, since the eighties, somewhere. Yeah. He became chief meteorologist at Channel Eight in eighty three. Okay, well, yeah, well, yeah, basically so all my life, thirty plus years. I have known nobody else since I've moved here. I'm just saying. So it's, <laughs> but the thing is, so on top of all that, we're getting a shitload of rain. And we don't have any real lakes. We have a lot of man-made lakes, and they're made by damming up rivers, right? So one of the big rivers that feeds into the Mississippi is called the Arkansas River. Mm -hmm. And that is fed from Denver all the way to here. And that river um, feeds Keystone Lake and several other lakes. And that lake is, like, up to the top of the dam. And so they are releasing a metric shit ton of water, um, which is also causing flooding along this river. Like, the whole reason there is a city here is because there is a river here, and there and, are ports here right, and for that river that feeds into the Mississippi. And it's all dammed up so that we, you know, we don't get flooded. Right. So, many, 30 years ago, 33 years ago, we had a huge flood. And we're almost to the level of releasing water for that. Now, if that dam burst, though, this area would be underwater. Oh, yeah. Most of Tulsa would be underwater. Oh, yeah. Um, and all at once. Yeah, for a little while. <laughs> but yeah. uh, right now, there are all the areas are along the river. Like, the river has tripled in size. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, and it's getting fucking scary is, out there. The good part is most of our most of our large dams in this area, Keystone, uh, the one up at Grand Lake, etc. Yeah. Um, they generally don't deal with a whole lot of water from year to year. In fact, most years our lakes are actually lower than normal, under normal table, mm -hmm. um, versus being over it. So they're, the dams are not overstressed by any means. It's so just... the chances of them failing are fairly low. No, but, but let's, let's explain why the meteorologists are paid well here. So we had an earthquake last week yes then we had several tornadoes then we had flooding and then we had runaway barges yes running into a dam there, i know that's not a meteorologist like there have been over 20 tornadoes touched down in oklahoma since monday morning <clears throat> now We're as far as the tulsa area now that all happened come. monday tuesday and wednesday right. so in a three-day period more than 20 tornadoes touched down i dodged three myself <laughs> yeah, I dodged one here, too, and I say dodged it, touched down very close. Yeah. And that's why me and the dogs were in the laundry room just hanging out, you know, playing my stupid game, me petting both dogs. But tornado sirens don't often go off around here, but if they do, I pay the fuck attention. Oh, yeah. I'm not the guy that can go outside and go, Naders! I, right? And go I, look, because, like, there's a video that was on Facebook that somebody posted, and I don't know where it was from, right? Mm -hmm. But they hear the siren, it's, like, dead calm. And in like 30 seconds or maybe a minute, like it goes from like dead still, no rain to you hear it and then you just see trees like being tossed all over the fucking place. And then it gets up to the person's house. They shut the front door. You hear all the windows and blow out in the house. Hear them screaming. Stupid person gets up and opens the door and just sees massive things 
shuts the fucking door and I guess lays down. And then t- a minute later, it's all over and they go back up and look and their car's not there. There's no trees in their yard. The house across the street is flattened like it's wow. that's how fast it happens. Yeah. So it's like if you hear a that's siren, it means the conditions are exactly perfect for that to happen. Uh, so you pay the fuck attention. So I spent an hour in the fucking laundry room the other night just saying, you know what? At least this is a central room in the house. I th- I feel like in this house, that's probably the safest spot. Well, probably, yeah. Um, the only exterior wall is a portion that's about three feet wide. Everything else is pretty interior. I um I I don't have that. Uh, You're in, on the in, first floor, though, aren't I'm you? I'm on the second floor Son of an apartment. Bitch. So, if anything, um, the second floor of the apartment's not the best place. Though, I can say that I've got at least four walls and... You know, four walls thick in my bathroom. So the central location of my apartment is definitely the bathroom. And um, the the way that the uh, building is constructed, there are central pillars uh, to the, you know, to these. You'd be almost better off going into the hallway between buildings or something. There isn't. There There is no hallway. Shit. Yeah, there's, there's nothing there. So... Uh, and the hallways, the same reason why you don't want to go into a, uh, go into an uh, you know like an overpass when a tornado is happening. You th- you know that's that was the thing that I guess was a myth that is just long standing. You don't want to be in an underpass when a tornado is going directly over you because tornadoes literally suck. You're gonna get pulled right out from underneath that fucking thing. The you know the difference in air pressure. You you look at the fucking um, Look at the road overhead of you as like the airfoil of a you know of an airplane wing. You know you're you're going to be creating a very you know big difference in pressure, so you're just going to get sucked out from underneath it anyway. Uh, best place for you to you know to find is a ditch that way and something to fucking hold on to uh, because Pretty then much. because then you're going to be co- uh, covered. On most of your sides from the debris, and it's the debris that kills you, not the you, not the wind. So, anyway, uh, you know, going you know, going into my room or my bath uh, bathroom is the safest place that I can get to because there is no like storm shelters or anything in this apartment complex. Um, You'd almost think it'd be mandatory here, but it's not. It's it's not mandatory, uh, and some places can't have them. Because they flood, you know, because they flood. There's there's just enough water in you know in the area that if you had an underground, you know, uh, storm shelter, you know, it's a possibility that you're going to be drowning in your storm shelter before the you know, tornado goes through. After, especially with this season, I've really seriously considered doing the whole like safe box thing. Yeah, there's a um, there's so, a like, product you can get around here. That bolts to the cement. Right. There's a product you can get around here that uh, that basically is a safe room um, that you can go into and yeah, kind of ba- lock yourself into. It's a box. Basically, it's a <laughs> it's a large steel box. It's like uh, uh, like a four three, by four or something. It's like uh, three or four inch steel. Right. Uh, basically, it's the same as. Same thickness of plating as um, an an armored troop transport right. or tank. Yeah. Okay. Um, and they're bolted into 
a concrete slab and down in, further into concrete. So they will actually, like, if you don't have a slab, they'll... Because uh, slabs are generally a foot to two foot thick. They'll put if you don't down. have a s- slab, they will put four foot pilings down and they will bolt that fucker all the way through. Right. It's not okay. going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. Uh, so if you're going to have a shelter that is above ground, um, in fact, when they, uh, back in 2013, the last time Oklahoma had a large outbreak of tornadoes, we've actually been fortunate for the last six years. But the last time we had a large outbreak of tornadoes was the one that cut right through more Oklahoma right. and practically destroyed half the town. Um, giant F5 tornado. Right. A lot of people actually in a lot of people in more actually had those very shelters in their garages, etc. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. most that could happen was a few people were trapped could down. not open their doors. Right. They were trapped inside. Literally their houses collapsed directly around the damn thing. And the only thing that happened was their doors got stuck shut by the debris. So the 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 thing about those um, those safe rooms is that they've gotten more you know they they were just uh, an iron box before, uh, yeah. but they've gotten more sophisticated over time. So now they have fucking emergency beacons. Uh, there's uh, food and water storage mm-hmm. in them. Uh, a lot of them will include a jack for the door. So yep. if there's something blocking the door and you can't yep. push it open, they'll put it. Well, you can have a, a twist uh, jack that Oklahoma opens up. Oklahoma the... actually is one of very few sta- one of very few states, and we were the first state to implement this. There is actually a state registry for the shelters, so you can actually tell the state, or even your local municipality, and they'll tell the state. That you have a shelter. Right. So they know to come to your address. And look for the shelter. And dig you out. <laughs> yeah. Basically. The um, thing is, is not every place has them. Those, we deal with it. Those those uh, uh, those safe rooms, they're fairly expensive. They're, they're a great addition to a, a new home. Like if I was building a new home and I had to go with a slab because you know, most places around here do just because of the flood risks. Um, the, uh, the way that I would build the room is that one of my walk-in closets would literally be, well, there's that, um, (laughs) uh, one one of my walk-in closets would, you know, be built as the safe room. It would be built just like the safe room. Um, so it would be. You know, it, you wouldn't be able to tell that it's actually a safe room with the exception of the door being much thicker. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I I told my family this because my family, you know, has the same feeling about tornadoes as much of the country. They're like, I don't think I could ever live in Tornado Alley. There's no possible way that I would be able to deal with the stress of it. Um, and I, And I explain it to him like this. Uh, I've lived in two storm-prone areas, and you know, in the you know, in the country. And you have, you live in Florida, you deal with hurricanes. And you live in Oklahoma, you deal with tornadoes. Uh, the thing is, is I've 
you know, if, if you look at a tornado and you have a map, like just imagine a map on, you know, on your table, take out a ballpoint pen and run a line diagonally from, you know, uh, southwest to northeast across the state. That's pretty much what you're going to see for a storm track in, you know, in Oklahoma. Yep. But that ballpoint pen is the total amount of damage that one tornado could do. You could do that about, you know, 20 times, just like this week, do that 20 times. Yep. You know, that, what is black or whatever is the, you know, the, you know, where the pen, ballpoint pen actually touches is about the, the area of damage in a tornado. Now, take that same map and a cup of coffee and spill it on the fucking map. Yes. That's what a now, hurricane does to the fucking now, state. <laughs> most, of, most of the reason why the majority of the company is, or country is so afraid of tornadoes is because national news, for the most part, covers the hardest hit areas. The hardest, the biggest ones. Yeah, like, know, like everybody remembers the more tornado the more because tornado, that. the Joplin the, tornado yeah, the, because there were both EF fives um, or really close to you. It. Know, you get those EF fives, EF fours, EF threes in highly populated areas, and they're bad. Right. What most people don't realize is the entire central southern U.S. sees more tornadoes in a year then you'll see hurricanes make landfall in the U.S. in a decade. Right. Yeah. Sometimes more in a weekend than in a decade. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, we, um, we, have, we have enough tornadoes that come through here, but the reality is, is that a tornado... that's true for the southern... That's true for all the Plains states. It's not exclusively the southern right. ones. The southern Plains states, Kansas South, just see more... Because of where those warm fronts usually situate themselves. Right. You know, it's just, in a tornado normally only is on the ground for maybe five to ten miles. You know, so you've got a ballpoint pen and you're making very small marks across the, you know, across the state. You're not even, uh, you're not even sweeping across the state like that. That's just the possibility of a tornado dropping in that one storm. It's just, they're down on the ground actually doing damage for about five to ten miles on average or so, uh, unless it's super big. Um, yep. So uh, most of the time, especially in like the populated areas, the tornadoes won't actually come down because there's and you know there's a pretty big updraft uh, from the heat from a city. So there's a kind of a bubble around populated areas. Yep. Uh, you don't necessarily see too many actually touch ground and do damage in you know in these areas they'll just kind of float over yep. uh, now the the last outbreak of tornadoes like I said I I quote unquote dodged three uh, where I'm uh, I live there was uh, one that came from you know came through on the north side uh, then there was one that came through about uh, a block or two south of me. And then uh, the uh, the second edge of the storm came through, and another one came over uh, the north side. Uh, and they didn't do too much damage. There was uh, there was winds, and I was on the phone with my mom for the first one uh, that came through on the north side. Uh, couldn't see it because I mean, you know, I'm 
kind of Anoki, and I did kind of go look for it. Um, uh, we all hit our front porches at some point. Yeah, I mean the Okies. That, that's the mentality of you know of uh, the Okies, though. I mean, beer in one hand, flag in the other, standing out on the front porch looking for that fucking tornado, uh, taking cover when it's close. Otherwise, it's a spectacle. Um, I'm not afraid of them. Uh, I used to be. I used to be deathly afraid of tornadoes. I had like nightmares about them. Um, but I don't. I don't have that anymore. I. I am. I don't want to say desensitized because it still concerns me, uh, and I still know where my safe places are. Uh, you know, just to hunker down and you know, you know, in case one comes through and actually, you know, does damage. Uh, but. I can tell you that I've I've seen funnel clouds, but I haven't actually seen a tornado on the ground, and I really don't want to. But I would much rather be able to see it uh, from a distance than have to experience going underneath one. Um, you know, so there's, you know, there's you just be I careful used, about I it. You just to, know where you, where I you used go. to chase the suckers. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I, I. I I'm not now, interested in chasing. I only did chasing for about a year and a half. Yeah, but not, it, it was fun. I'm not interested in chasing those fuckers at all. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm good with just knowing how the weather works around here, uh, knowing where I can hunker down if I need to, and if one's coming within sight, that's that's too close for me. Uh, but I would much rather be you know, off not in its track and see it, then not see it at all and be blindsided by it. Right. You know, so. Yeah, I'm sitting here, again, my ADD kicks in, and I'm sitting here, <laughs> it's like pricing on these things, about $4,000 and I can get one installed in the garage. See? And it would be through the slab. Yeah. I mean, it. those uh, in, you know, in Oklahoma, those actually increase your property value. Yep. They so it would be a good investment for your house for resale value of your house to have a storm shelter and, and it would be in a you know if it's uh put in a good area. I mean obviously putting it directly in the middle of your garage is definitely not the best place, but uh putting no. it off into the corner of the garage would be No, nice. it's goes through the slab. Yeah. So it's a door on the floor. Oh, that goes underneath. Okay. To oh. a room that can fit up to eight people. Uh, for $4,000? The sliding door on the top. Not a bad deal, honestly. Yeah, no, the the boxes that are like... Uh, the above ground boxes. Uh, four to five people, mm -hmm. those are only like a couple grand. Right. You know, those are... You know, th those are good investments for, uh, you know, for places around here, they, especially if you don't have one. They can be very good investments. Yeah. Um... I'm not I'm not a big fan of the underground ones myself, um, just because I I don't like what collects underground. Uh, the last storm shelter that you know that I had access to that was actually built into the ground uh, was out in Katusa. Um, yeah, but wasn't that like a community one, like a neighborhood? No, one? that was not. I was built into that was built when the house was built. Oh, uh, but nobody maintained it. Uh, which meant that there was sucks. Uh, when you open the door up for it, yeah, uh, it was basically a wall of spider webs. 
and very active spider concentrations inside. That sucks. Um, so you would, uh, for me, it was because of my arachnophobia. I would have probably just stayed outside and let the tornado take me at that point. <laughs> Knowing you, you would. Oh, speaking of which, so I totally tried to watch that movie the other day. Well, arachnophobia. Yeah. Uh, they, I, they, I, w- I was totally going to let the kids watch it, and my wife was no. like, "No, no, no." I'm like, "It's a, it's a comedy. It's a." F- funny movie it's a comedy for me it's a horror flick uh uh when i when i worked very short stints in one a, of uh, jeff in, daniel's best movies besides Eska Naba in the moonlight I, I i worked very very you know short period of time in a uh in a video rental place and uh the uh i i found that movie in the comedy section and i refused to believe that it belonged there uh <laughs> Is that the one where they open the toilet lid and there's a spider that like bites them on the ass? I think so. I I don't I don't know. I never actually got through that movie. Uh, there's a, a a part of the movie right at the beginning of the movie, if I remember correctly, where they're gassing a tree, uh, and the spiders fall out of the tree into like a you know a plastic netting or whatever. Yep. Uh, I never got past that part. <laughs> Uh, I mean, as soon as uh, as soon as I saw the amount of spiders popping out of that freaking tree, I said, "All right, I'm not living anywhere near a tree." There, there's, <laughs> there's only one spider movie I've ever seen Rusty sit through that wasn't named Spider Man. Uh, Eight Legged Freaks. <laughs> I I can tell you that I've actually completed that movie only because he's actually watched that movie multiple times the, all right only because it was it was something that i can completely you know, s- you know suspend reality for this was like a a monster flick because sure it was spiders sure it was triggering my arachnophobia but there is something about if you listen closely while you watch eight legged freaks the spiders <laughs> the spiders had a laugh what yes there was a uh, there was a point there where the spiders were you know a laughing and making human like sounds, uh, it it was it I mean at that point it just got into the realm of like the silly, and I I said all right this this isn't this isn't anywhere near. I mean, Rusty's arachnophobia is to the point where he can't even watch Charlotte's Web. Oh come on, it's not <laughs> that bad. Jeez. Maybe a little. Well, I hated that bitch. But anyway, um, Gilbert. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my gosh! Now I, I, I don't want any anything to do with spiders at all. Uh, yeah, it, tr- it triggers me pretty hardcore. Um, and we got this from Tornado Shelter, yeah, right? I don't know, man. So we'll have more updates soon about the nators. Yeah, I, it's it's hampered my ability to have a normal lifestyle the last few days. I was it, prevented from you know from actually doing anything at work or going home in some cases. Cause some well, shit. Them, like I was about to come home on I want to say it was Tuesday night, right? Yeah. Ten minutes before I get out of work, we blow the sirens, blow around work, and because I'm in leadership, it's like. Well, time to get everybody in a shelter. Yep. Right? So we have these training rooms that are way interior rooms, right? With no windows or nothing. Right. 
because I got to herd the entire site into, and of course, it's not just me, right? There's right. other people helping me out, but like I'm responsible to stay there till it ends. So, and then there's people's like that are waiting outside, right, for their significant others, and I got to like get all of those people in. It's like I guess I'm just responsible for you. What's your name? I'm just writing it down. You guys are all coming with me. We're not going to make you stand out here. While your significant others like sitting in a tornado shelter, right? So we had this line of cars parked outside without drivers, with me like just trying to pull people into fucking rooms, and you know, I mean, it's just that's the right thing to do, right? Right. Like it just, but it just sucks because it was like just fucking up my whole day. Well, I I work in a place that's rated for an EF five hit, so you know the place. Yeah, but that- you work in a. Very secure facility. Yeah, the you know the the place that I work at is essentially a freaking bunker. Um, but can you say without saying the company what you do? Yeah, I, I work in a data center. So right. so of course it's like on super lockdown. Right. So when you know when a tornado sirens hit, uh, the the whole site goes through a cycle uh, where the tornado sirens go off and then the internal uh, internal uh, tornado alerts go off. Uh, the people that are uh, managing the physical building of the data center uh, puts the place on lockdown. Uh, security clears everybody out of the front lobby area. Everybody goes into. Oh my gosh, dog! Seriously, if you could pass her this way. Uh, the uh, you know everybody gets cleared out of the front lobby area. My uh, the front lobby has two blast doors that close. Uh, and the rest of the building, uh, all the uh, all the exterior doors get locked, uh, and everybody goes to an interior interior area. Cut through the blast doors! <laughs> Cut through the blast doors! <laughs> it was uh, it's it's actually pretty uh, pretty hardcore. That's the right. uh, I just got my Star Wars moment in on the there podcast. You there you go. Uh, it's a it's pretty intense when you know when that goes through because they've got a. You know they've they've got to make sure that they've got everybody accounted for and in a specific location. Uh, and my office just happens to be in a portion of the building that has you know three or four foot thick concrete walls on all sides. So my office area is kind of a box that is the safe area. So I don't even have to leave my desk when uh, when the tornado sirens go off. They just close the blast doors and I'm you know and I'm safe. So uh, if you smoked, you'd be kind of fucked, though. Well, you? yeah, kind of, but uh, you'd be safe. Yeah, I'd be safe. The um, <clears throat> and, and I and I that's another thing I have to tell my family. I'm like, most of the time, when the tornadoes come through, I'm gonna be at work because they work twelve hours out of a day. So, uh, and being in Oklahoma, <laughs> the majority of our tornado touchdowns actually happen in the evening. Right. So they um, do, it, and they also happen. It's very rare that we have a large tornado touchdown like during the middle of the day, and it happens usually not in town for whatever reason. They don't actually happen in town, but they seem to come really close. Well, yeah. a lot. So Tulsa is situated uh, fairly uh, uh, unusual. So, the city of Tulsa, for for anybody who does, any of our listeners who don't know Oklahoma, actually sits in between a couple of different um, foothills for mountain ranges, on top of the fact that it's surrounded by lakes. So, the, the air mass situation directly over Tulsa 
is usually different enough than the surrounding air masses that storms tend to either break up or pass just a, you know just north turn of... north or south of the city proper. Yeah. Um. So the uh, so for example, Rusty Rusty's workplace saw three of them come close. For that very reason. Because I'm on the north side of Tulsa. Um, Lucky me. <laughs> you know, Justin's Justin's uh, neighborhood and, and really city area here sees a lot of them because of that very same thing. Right. Um, yeah, they come close. It's just like you had texted me the other night and then yeah. Matt texted me the other night. Like, yeah. I get all these random ass texts like, hey, there's... Hey, hold on to your butt. It's like, are you watching the news? <laughs> I know if I, somebody says, are you watching the news? Something must be fucking bad. Well, I, I don't get those. Um, I have, I have, uh, I have no, my. Nothing the, happens out there, though. No, it does. Sometimes. Holy shit. I, now, now, three of them, that dude. That said, occasionally what that means is if the conditions are just right, shit will spin up directly over the city that has been threatening to spin up. But never did. And then sits there on the I-44 um, corridor and goes north. Uh, yeah. Northeast. So, like, a couple of years ago, we had we had the small one just spin up out of nowhere and take out businesses, businesses yeah, yeah. along oh, yeah, the highway. Oh, yeah, that one that was about a, month, a mile north of my job where it wiped yeah. out an entire little strip mall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, got rid of one of the, uh, uh, the, the vintage stocks in the area, which was yep. kind of sad. Yeah, but there's the other one that got rid of a... Uh, Oh, wait, I can't say that on here. Got rid of a some kind of government agency they'll talk about after the show. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, or, uh, like, what happened this last week, uh, Tuesday night, in fact, um, one literally spins up just north of our downtown area. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, I know. Just, it had been... It'd been slowly rotating, but it wouldn't generate enough energy. And then all of a sudden it hits Tulsa and it's like, I'm going to fuck you up the ass. Yeah. And guess what? That shit tracks northeast. And guess where I'm at? Fucking directly northeast. From well, there. I mean, shit, that that fucker touched touch ground just north of the airport. I know. <laughs> so all this goes to say... Um, we live in a fairly dangerous area. However, it's always a small area. More, for whatever reason, conditions are just right above more that they produce the fucking monsters. Right? So, like, living in more, I feel like it's just a ticking time bomb. So, more Oklahoma is directly south of Oklahoma City. And for mm -hmm. whatever reason, whole neighborhoods disappear every few years there. Yeah. It's like, I don't even know why anybody lives in more. <laughs> I'm. It's there's been wiped out so many times. There's nothing uh, but new construction more because there's between, no old town. Uh, more and what is it? The El Reno Mustang line. Yeah, like yeah. there, uh, there's there's businesses. Uh, I I know of a few businesses that have actually been wiped out by a tornado multiple times. Like the the uh, there's there's a uh, gas station out by Catusa uh, that uh, that used to have. You know, it used to be like three different freaking companies, uh, but every time it gets blasted by a freaking tornado, gets raised to the ground, they build a new gas station right on that spot, gets blasted again, 
Like, why do you continue building there? <laughs> it's obviously cursed. Yeah. The the amazing thing about the uh about that big more tornado though was the fact that so didn't anybody who lives in this region knows about Warren Theaters. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right. That fucker hit that Warren Theater directly and that building took sign damage. Yes. <laughs> it must be built like a fucking nuclear bunker. <laughs> That's the best places to work, guys. Whoever he hires to construct his theaters knows what they're doing. Well, isn't the biggest one that was ever on record the one that hit El... Was it El Reno? El Reno, yeah. A few years back. Yeah. Wait. It yeah, basically, it's either, it's it was either a, that one or the Joplin one. Both of them were pretty close. Yeah. I was out of curiosity and boredom and sitting in a laundry room doing nothing but playing a little Stranger Things game. Was watching footage of different tornadoes, right, while I'm waiting on dying. And <laughs> that's, that's just the way it goes. It's and like, I was, okay. I was like, biggest tornado on record. And I remember the video was a couple years old, but it was somebody tracking the El Reno storm. Oh, yeah. Those are the mile-wide U5s. Yeah, I think it was two and a half miles wide. Yeah. Those are like those fucking are monster. Yeah. A yeah. two and a half mile tornado you're just not out running like yeah. there's just that's such a big spot actually it was almost three miles wide it was larger than two and a half yeah it, it was huge yeah and the problem was that one didn't like most tornadoes that big don't last long mm. the last a couple minutes this was like done. 45 minutes of footage yeah that tornado literally ran for 20 miles yeah and those are the outliers and 20 miles at at 45 miles an hour it's a long fucking time for a tornado yeah yeah but it was also out and mostly agricultural i mean el reno's not big so the part of el reno it hit there really wasn't much. Most of what it spent its time in was open field. Right. And open field is the best place for a tornado. Is the best place <laughs> for a tornado to sustain because there's nothing keeping the winds and the updrafts from going directly into it. Right. You know, it's just that's that's a lot of what Oklahoma is, though. I mean, and, outside of the city. And almost the... every Oklahoman is a pseudo weather expert. Oh, of course. Um, we were taught by Travis Meyer. Of course, we were. Pseudo... Jim Giles and Travis Meyer, uh, sir. True, true. Let's not forget Jim, the late, yep. great Jim Giles. Yep. God yep. rest his soul. Uh, I didn't know he was dead. Really? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that was like a huge thing. Yeah. I went to the, pl- I went to the public viewing. <laughs> Just, just, There's your picture of the El Reno so, tornado. Yeah, that's, so that's kind of that's kind of small. So again, most Oklahoma, m- most anyone outside of Oklahoma wouldn't know this, but Jim Giles was like legendary around here. He spent over 30 years here as a chief meteorologist. But his most important contribution was he actually worked. He was actually in the Air Force and was one of the lead developers on Doppler radar setting up the uh, um, the big the, the the Warren radar and he specifically pioneered a pathfinder that's what allows the not only the National Weather Service but all the different um, 
all the different TV meteorologists, etc., to actually plot a path for the storm. Yeah. And measure what times it's going to hit certain cities on the map. Just just remember, guys, the 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 idea of being able to track these storms is relatively new. I mean, the technology wasn't there in the in the past. Like, holy shit! I mean, that's that, just insane. That it's that, a skyline of tornado. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's a, a skyline of tornado. Well, I mean, you see a tornado three miles wide, right? Yeah, you, you just... that's basically a wall cloud sitting on the ground turning. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, uh, pretty um, much. Now, the idea of tracking these storms wasn't necessarily even a thing. Like what, thirty, forty years ago, mm-hmm. uh, and you know the idea of our tech, you know the technology that's been implemented, uh, the different kinds of radars, the different kinds of pictures. All they of can it get. developed in Oklahoma for the most part. Yeah, th- this is all you know. This is all pioneered basically right around here uh, to track these storms. So we have state of the art abilities yeah. to track our, these things. The warning systems in Oklahoma are. Way more advanced than pretty much every we other used, state. We used to have um, less than a minute of uh, of advanced warning for a tornado. Now uh, we have up to fifteen minute warning times. Right. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, the National Weather Service in Oklahoma can actually detect by radar a possible tornado touchdown now, and actually generate trigger sirens up to 15 minutes ahead of time up to 15 minutes ahead of time you have plenty of time to actually gather all of your shit throw it into the box and go into the box Mm -hmm. now granted there is always there is always one of those things where uh uh where tornado just spins up spontaneously right and that's always going to be a thing but for the most part, Oklahomans generally have more than enough warning time to take shelter. Yeah. I mean, they will sound sirens if there's even a low-level rotation. Right. Like, um, it, it, all yeah. of that stuff's pioneered here. The rest of the country gets it because it starts here. Right. And this is and all, that, this It is, starts here because of our shitty weather. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Pretty and this, and this is our long-winded way of saying that, yes... The fucking weather around so, here sucks. So, but we are all of this more... is a long-winded way of saying. Basically, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I was up until one to two a.m. <laughs> in the morning watching the weather, mostly because not necessarily for myself and my family, but because my wife has family in rural areas who don't necessarily always get yeah watch the news regularly or even have a reliable way of uh getting the tell the local television news sites because yeah you know sirens are only a thing in big cities so yeah you know smaller Um, cities maybe may have one siren so when storms like that come through i'm pretty glued to uh radar images and yeah. watching the news most of the time but most you know for for the most part but to add to that we're oklahoma's also having experiencing historic flooding well, right now and it's just kind of one of those things you watch yeah. well and it's it's interesting how fast your reflexes can be when you do have something serious in your mind right like right. 
for weeks I've been separating both dogs routinely so I can game for just a little bit and have some peace and quiet. And when I saw, when I heard the sirens go off the other night, it's I don't care how fat Zoe has gotten or how squirmy my other dog is. Like, I literally grabbed both underneath both arms <laughs> and just ran in there with my stuff. Like, I had an iPad, like, stuffed in the front of my pants, <laughs> and my phone was already in my pocket. Like, it's just like, and then I grabbed dogs and then went. <laughs> like, right. It's like, you better not fucking fight. <laughs> it's like, you are grounded with me. The the, the fun thing is, is that my, my. Like, I didn't even, it's not, you're not getting a choice. I'm not calling you. We're not playing that game right, right now. It's just, this is what I can control. Both under my arms. See, the the odd thing about my, uh, my work bag. I have a backpack that basically has all of my work tools and everything in it, but it's also my go bag. It has. You know, it has underwear en- and socks. It has enough in it to be able to sustain me for a couple days. Um, and you food in there. I, I, I pack some power bars and you know in the front just in case. Um, you know, but the uh, you know, and I normally keep a bottle of water in this thing. But I've got you know all, all of the you know I've got a, a battery bank for my electronics so I can stay connected. I've got flashlights in there, all kinds of shit. So, you know, I have essentially the the perfect a go small, bag. A small bug out bag. Yeah. So, and and I take it to work with me every day. Um, it's just the longest winded way of saying we're safe <laughs> and we're well aware of how to deal with all of this shit because we deal with it all the time. <laughs> Ian Cust, we're still alive. Yes. <laughs> uh yeah, we were, we're... and all of those things are why Ian cost. <clears throat> you shouldn't worry about us so much, unless you see <laughs> just, us post to the just to the Facebook page that one of us has died. <laughs> we're just, uh, yeah, we so, we we appreciate the love, buddy. We, we've gone to uh, we've gone to Oz. I think that's what what get it gets people. It's Twister. The Wizard of Oz and all the other... I fucking you know, hate Twister so much. And I know, all those right? shitty accents. Oh, God. Yes, I hear you. Uh, I, I watched Twister when it came out in theaters. Uh, the but, accents are shitty. Though, I will say, the one thing that really makes that movie enjoyable for me is it's I'm actually... You a, it's actually a pretty good representation representation of how those storms actually do react in oklahoma yeah it's about as it's about as accurate the weather science parts of it are Mm. are the only good parts of it it's about as accurate of of a tornado flick as backdraft is as accurate for a firefighter and i've talked to plenty of firefighters and they just say backdraft is wrong (laughs) it's not how that works (laughs) you know i will say one thing i was seeing a lot of memes that were saying if you are interviewed it is i saw a tornado not i seen a tornado i saw that too. (laughs) make oklahoma proud so (laughs) so speaking of making oklahoma proud have have you heard have you heard a uh pork rind guy or horns down guy horns down guy yeah okay i'll show you the video at break basically um so this happened This happened on one of our Oklahoma City TV stations, News 9. Uh, Continue. Uh, So they're they're doing a uh, spot on 
on I-40, uh, basically because there was a section of it where traffic was at a standstill on Monday. Right, or Tuesday, sorry. Um, and the... Uh, this guy. And there's this dude just chilling on his chilling on his tailgate on the shoulder of the highway. He tried to go around. Obviously, that didn't work for him because everybody else had the same fucking idea. Um, and the reporter that's out there decides, I'm live. I'm going to go walk over to this guy and ask him <laughs> some questions. So... She goes oh, up and, you know, asks him several questions, like how he's doing, has he walked further up and talked to people, yada, yada. And eventually she, um, uh, I forget what she said. It was something about the weight. And he goes, I got a bag of pork rinds in the truck, so I guess I'm just going to sit here and eat my pork rinds and maybe take a nap. <laughs> Like, just perfect representation of Oklahoma. And then she turns around to go walk away from him, and he's got to do the whole Texas horns down <laughs> just right when she turns her back and it gets caught on the camera. I'm reading this on a website as he's doing it. It's definitely something you can look up. True um, freaking story. And uh, it, it just... My description of the video doesn't do it justice. You have to watch it to get it. Horns down. It is like the most redneck representation of Oklahoma there is. (laughs) And the expressions on the dude's face are classic. Um, But by and large, if you go watch this video, do not accept this as... Every Oklahoman, okay? That's that's probably only about half of the population. <laughs> I don't even like pork rinds. I love pork rinds. <laughs> it's, uh, they're, they're, Rusty uh, suffers pork rinds because they're keto friendly. That's a bit. That's about it. And like, I feel like chips, but damn it, <laughs> I'm just gonna have to deal with skin now. Thanks. <laughs> oh. This is hilarious. But, like some of the uh, the tweets that you know that's been caught on this is actually really great. Yeah, <laughs> you know, this was. But that's probably been that's probably been one of the major things is the flooding throughout the week. Oh man, um, that has that, been a big part of it. I hadn't heard about this. Of course, I'm not actually. I didn't watch this particular channel, but damn, that is hilarious. Well, it was just a couple of days yeah, if ago. You, if you go to News Nine's website, there's there's the video is there in full high quality oh. instead of somebody like recording it with their phone. Oh well, yeah, of course. Yeah, we'll we'll watch it here in a break because uh, I gotta see this. Um, but yeah. it is classic, and it's just I, uh, that that uh, is my one thing about I, I seen an about. Uh, bad stuff weather-wise happening in Oklahoma is every time somebody in the media finds somebody to interview, it is like the most redneck <laughs> I, I see Nader. Southern speaking son of a bitch they can find. 
They're like, this is internet gold. Let's get this guy on camera. He, he sounds like he's got a really thick accent. He doesn't give a shit. In fact, this guy's got a bag of pork rinds on his lap sitting on his tailgate. Why don't we just interview him? You know? <laughs> this, guy, this guy is five minutes from getting drunk on Lost Lake and eating Doritos. <laughs> this, this, this dude has... This dude has a natty light in one hand, American flag in the other hand, and he's standing out in the middle of the road. <laughs> Let's go interview him. America. 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 Um, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if my buddy, other Jason that you guys have met, has mm. not already recorded some stupid video in front of his, because he runs a marina and he's got a big American <laughs> oh, flag. yeah, no. I uh, would not even be surprised if he videos himself in the wind with a fucking flag that that shit's pretty much guaranteed with him <laughs> oh, he does man. some crazy stupid shit but it's funny yeah um so i'm gonna move on yes um video games this is the part where we talk about <laughs> video games see 30 minutes of bullshit for a little bit <laughs> yeah, for a little bit um jason did you get into anything i <laughs> no transition really did not <laughs> more like 15 um, minutes worth of bullshit, but whatever between the between the weather this week, I just and work was super busy, so I just didn't really get into much. Um, the the most I did was play some into the breach here and there. there I go. I it's really need to make a commitment get back into division hey, this week. I'll give you something that I've been trying, and I'll jump into yeah. some other things here in a bit. But to talk about something I haven't talked about in a long time, we said that Darkwood got released on Switch. Yeah. And I was having a hard time because of all the events going on weather-wise, getting into anything with for any substantial amount of time this week. But I did jump into Darkwood. And I got to say, once I got in the right headspace again, that game is truly good. Yeah. Um, and Jason, you have Darkwood. Oh, yeah. that. I mean, that game's a gem. It's just uh, it's hard for me to actually sit down and play it because I get interrupted a lot. Plug a headphone uh, in one ear and then just get go get to whacking. Uh, <laughs> so and by with the a time, board, <laughs> with a board. Generally that makes it by even the, more. Yeah. Like, oh, generally, by the time the kids work? get in bed, if uh, if I'm going to play a video game right now, it it would uh, it would be the it would be the division. Um, plus. Well, Another thing that's kept me from really playing is I've been getting Crystal caught up on Game of Thrones. Pretty much had to start back over at Season 4 because she didn't remember 4 and 5. <laughs> so we'll probably finish together. Yeah. Game of Thrones. Oh All right. But, you know, <laughs> so I'll say with Darkwood, it's another new experience, right? I just started over because I was like, I'm so... I don't remember my save game. I know I got in the second area, but I haven't played it in a while. Right. Uh, and... Playing it on normal difficulty and not playing it on crazy difficulty. But essentially, here's what it is. If you haven't played it before, you only can see in the field of vision that it provides you. Right? So it's very top-down. It looks like PS2-era graphics, but they make really good use of light and sound. And what I mean by that is you've got a 45-degree cone in front of you that you can see. And you can see the basic layout of something outside of that cone, but you don't see details. And so as you spin that field of view, that's what you see. Um, you have to go inside your house at night. Otherwise, this red stuff kind of comes out of the ground and, like, eats you, um, as well as being attacked by monsters and all sorts of shit. I haven't got 
I found a lantern uh, yesterday playing it. I haven't got brave enough to put on the lantern and just go explore around at night because night's already scary enough as it is. Right. Um, I got kind of fucked early in that game. I found a big dog in a field that I was trying to, that's actually where I found the lantern and I died like day two. But death isn't the end in that. You just drop some of your items. So I went, I knew where I was at. So I went back and picked up my items, but I didn't completely fortify the house. I fortified a section of the house because materials were scarce. And, and basically what you do is you go around during the day, gather materials to reinforce your house and to build better weapons and have better supplies for you to fight. Um, and then you go back out during the day to go scavenge items again and then kind of further progress the story. You get basically points. So every night that you survive, you get a certain amount of points with a different visitor, and a visitor visits you every day. And that reputation is the points that you use to spend on the items that they have, and you use that to kind of further progress yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it You basically hide during most of the night. Um, if you don't move, things don't find you as fast. But you got to put find gas to your generator every day, which I've got a pretty good supply right now. And then what you do is you board up all the windows, you set traps underneath all the windows, you board up the door that you're by. And, and again, this takes a few days worth of finding material to do that because to get boards, you got to find logs and to find to make those logs into boards, you also have to find gas. Right. So it's twofold. And then things still break in anyway. It just kind of delays stuff, which is kind of what you need. It also kind of keeps, there's no, every resource in every part of the map is finite. You're not going to get renewable resources. You also need to find a bunch of magic mushrooms because you cook those to basically give you level ups. Um, so every time you get a level up, you get a little bit more health and then you get a, like a special superpower. I have something called moth something or other. And <laughs> once a day I can use it next to an electric light source and it will regen my health, which is super handy at night. But then I cannot be in total darkness where I suffer damage, I believe. Oh, wow. So I always have to be in the light. It sounds, the sound design is spot on in this game, though. Like, yeah. I love the... Play the game with headphones, for sure. I've got a pretty good sound system. I need to hear the dogs. Right. So I've got it cranked up, and it's, like, in the middle of the night, I heard a pounding on my door, and, of course, I'm not going to fucking answer that shit. And then a uh, savage broke through one of the windows and got stuck in my chain trap for a minute, so I beat the shit out of him while he was sitting in the chain trap. But then I had an open window, so I'm just facing the whole window, and then a pack of dogs run in, runs in through the door. And I had a dresser, two dressers against the door trying to block the door, and they push the dressers open and then come in, and then I'm like fighting off dogs with my nail board, which has a big wind-up animation, and you got to dodge and all sorts of shit, but that was pretty intense. Oh, yeah. Have run into another Banshee, but if you look up Banshee reactions to Darkwood, they're pretty intense. <laughs> um, But having fun with it again, it's probably not something I'm going to play right before I go to sleep. It's... <laughs> It puts Probably. me on, it puts me on edge playing it, but I do like it well. Yeah. Um, and it's probably about a thirty hour game that you can get for usually around ten fifteen dollars. Um, survival Gener- horror at its absolute finest with uh, some crafting. It's uh, it's generally goes on sale during uh, during sales and the summer sales coming up, so I mean, that'll be something to look forward to for sure. It'd be super cool to play on Switch. I could see it being really well controlled if it's got some touch interface on switch uh, for the inventory management and the crafting and stuff but i have like you there are firearms in the game i've found exactly a not in this game but my last game i had a pistol with about five shots which i was saving for a severe fuck you moment right um but like 
there are times when my lights would flicker out because there were a lot of ghosts and the ghosts cause electro electronic interference. And they make some pretty creepy noises and you kind of see them outside the house. All sorts of shit starts moving around in the house and then all of a sudden like one of your lights goes out and then it comes back on and like I had some guy that was crying and talking about like something that happened early on and then it blinks back out and there's nothing there. Like they do such a good job with the design. <laughs> there's not jump scares. There's just a long sense of dread every night. And then you hear the daytime music and then it's just like, oh, the the, the thing is, is the, the the entirety of the map turns red right at the end of the day. Yeah. And uh, you, that's how you know to get back, get the fuck home. Yeah. Uh, so you're like, all the sunrises and sunsets are red. Uh, you know, it's, it's actually kind of creepy because you, you don't know necessarily whether or not something's going to jump through a window or, you know, or I've attack had a, you. I've played enough of the, like, I've only gotten to the secondary. It's a pretty hard game. Um, but there have been times when it was turning red and I thought everything was great and I got raided by a fucking banshee and a banshee is... A weird crow-looking monster that screams and then explodes, and then you have like a shitload of these bird monsters that are in your hut with you, and none of your electronic lights work, so you're almost in complete dark unless you have a flare or a torch. And doesn't it do an effect over the screen too when she screams? Yeah, yeah. you end up seeing kind of like a, a screaming lady's face or something like that, and over uh, over the you know the entirety of the screen. Yeah, but it doesn't really do jump scare. Like, if you see that bird, like, you need to just beat the fuck out of it, and you beat the fuck out of it fast. <laughs> right. Um, uh, yeah, Darkwood wasn't very popular with me. I I, I, I don't do well with uh, with games that ramp up the tension. Like, uh, it took that me... That game's really all about tension because there's not really a jump scare. You know what's coming. It, you, like, you see, like, they start hacking away at your window, mm -hmm. and then you see it splinter and then you see something crawl in and then the weird uh the weird man that's at the beginning that's on the cover of the game is one of the savages they have like it looks like a broom handle thing on their head and they swing that in a huge arc and it's pretty hard to dodge um it takes a lot of timing to kill them so if you run into like two it's pretty fucking difficult right uh, i i uh <laughs> I, I i don't do well with that and you know games kind of like it you know you know the uh, you played Outlast, Outlast, but it took you can't me, fight back in Outlast though. It, it took me about three times longer to beat Outlast than most people, um, mainly because it was one of those games where you just have to pause it. You have to take a break every once in a while, otherwise you're just gonna give yourself a fucking heart attack. I, <laughs> the tension the, is so thick. You got to devote a little bit of time to Darkwood because you need to make it through a full day before it saves. Yeah, true. So it, the thing about, and if you die, it starts over on a new day, so it saves at that point after you died. Right. Um, but it does that intentionally so you don't save scum, so every day takes you probably 10 minutes. Yeah. Maybe it's, 15. It's still one of the, it's, I've played it, it's just, I, I haven't gotten very far because um, the the loop isn't, uh, it's not for me. Uh, it's it, it's good, but I can't, I, 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 I can't deal with, uh, with that kind of tension at certain points in the day, like in my day. Uh, and when I get to play, it's really generally towards the end of my day. And I really don't want to amp myself up right before bed. Um, you know, so 
yeah, I, I tend to play different games. <laughs> I have, uh, I, I, I beat the shit out of Rage, though. Yeah, did uh, you finally beat it? Does so, it get better? Um, I, my, my final thoughts on Rage, like, I, I'm, I'm not going to play it again. That, that's, that's just the way that's going to be. Um, Rage 2 definitely gets better only after you get most, if not all, of the arcs. Like, if the game gave you a lot more of those right away, uh, it would be it would be quite a bit easier to get through the game and have some enjoyment out of it. Uh, I can tell you right now, uh, you know, getting the shotgun was absolutely key. Uh, and, you know, getting some specific upgrades like, you know, the uh, constitution upgrades uh, made it so that it was, you know, firefights were a lot more survivable. Uh, but as soon as they got slam which is what you see in a lot of the trailers is the dude jumps up into the air and, you know, basically punches the ground and does an area of effect damage. Um, as soon as I got slam, uh, I used my guns a whole lot less because, you know, you can upgrade that to be able to do it once every like 10 or 15 seconds or something like that. Right. Uh, and it does quite a bit of damage over a large area. And one of the upgrades basically sucks in the enemies it kind of puts like a little black hole on the ground and you know and sucks them into the impact area so you can maximize your damage on larger groups of enemies uh so i'd you know if there was a bunch of the uh uh mutants you know like mutant ghoul kind of you know things i didn't even shoot them i just you know slam and then i run away let them group up a little bit and by the time they've grouped up again I slam again, and you know it pretty much clears out whatever nest I'm in. Uh, those things are fun, and that's those. That's the thing is that the the uh, some of the abilities, not all of them, but some of the abilities are, you know, are really fun uh, to play with. Uh, and there there is a um, there's a weapon that you can get uh, through one of the arcs. Uh, it was like a plasma gun, uh, and that trivializes the game. It, I mean, that game beca- becomes dumb easy at that point. That that gun does so much fucking damage that the big hulking enemies they fall over really fast when you use those uh, the plasma guns, especially the the later version of those enemies that are kind of teched out or kind of cyborgy. Um, they, uh, they, they definitely fall over, you know, really, really quickly, uh, with, uh, with the plasma gun. So, uh, I got about, you know, 15, 16 hours into it. And then I said, you know what, screw it. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to mainline the story. Uh, I was done doing all of the extra shit. Uh, that's about my mentality for that game. I was having fun for, a little bit, then it started to get into a lull, and about you know, 15 hours in, I said, "Screw it, I'm just gonna go," uh, and you know, and beat the game. Uh, and it took me another five hours or so to go through it because there's so much fucking driving in between shit. Oh my god! Like, go do this one fucking quest, then drive halfway the fuck across the goddamn map to do one little jaunt, and then oh, you gotta talk, you you gotta 
and drive all the way the fuck back. And the game does have fast travel points at certain, you know, for certain settlements. But if you're on one of those missions, they turn the fucking fast travel off. So you have to drive it. Fuck you. <laughs> like, seriously, fuck you. Why? Um, why, why would you do that? There's nothing scripted in between. You know, it would be different if you if there was a scripted attack in between the you know point A and point B, but there's nothing. It's just random. Uh, so, and I I got to the end and it was kind of lackluster. Uh, the, the the final area was really trivial and um, uh, not a big fan of how it ended. Uh, I was just happy that it did, uh, so that I could move on to other games. <laughs> Uh, overall, uh, it has its moments, um, and it's not near, you know, not near the, uh, turn your brain off and have fun as doom of doom because doom is just basically like doom. It has that, it has a fun factor of, you know, waves of enemies that are just over the top. And of course the sound design for doom in the, in the music really amps it up to a, you know, to a special level. Uh, It does. There's there's not a lot in Rage that kind of amps things up, you know, and the... It's it's like it spins up, it spins right back down. Right. And and it just, it it doesn't have a good, it doesn't have a good flow. You know, the, the gameplay flow is short bits of action and long lulls of going from point A to point B. Uh, and it just didn't feel right. Now, if they remade, if they remade Rage Two, set a target of like ten to fifteen hours, and you know, and, and didn't have like the open world situation, they just kind of, you know, did a seamless level situation. You know, like think Doom, but having it seamless. Uh, so there isn't any load times in between areas. Um, that would be per- preferable. I-, I think it would have been m- much more playable. Um, the- just the idea of the open world. Rage 2 is an example of open world just for open world's sake. And there's really not much to it. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just there. You know, and it... Sure, finding shit every once in a while is is fun, but uh, I don't think they implemented it correctly. And of course, it just it just didn't it didn't it pushed all the right buttons for me, and it was just you know mediocre at best. Um, play, playable, but not gonna blow your mind in any way. You know, you know, definitely a sale. Uh, if you can get it for free from somebody, play it. You you probably get about twenty hours out of it, like I did, um, and you'll probably never want to play it again. Uh, there was not one point though that I was nagged by any type of microtransaction, even though I know they're in the game for cosmetics. There's really no need to do it at all. In fact, I didn't go really poking around for it, but. I didn't see an, a menu that, you know, pushed it on me. Like there was, it's a uh, like an in, you know in-game store menu that pushed it on me. Um, I mean, even 
the division has you know uh, it's it's out of the way and it's not really part of the game right but you can easily find it uh, rage 2 didn't necessarily have anything that was really pushy as far as the microtransactions are you know concerned and you can get you know cosmetic skins for your guns and that's pretty much it uh, you know so there's no reason to do microtransactions for this game. In fact, it's kind of brainless as to why they put it in there in the first place. Uh, so If people will spend money on electronic goods, yeah, why I, not? I guess. Uh, there's no reason to do it, though. Um, I, I, I've been dog-shitting it, but I, I can tell you uh, there's a couple good things that, you know, that have come, that's come out of it. Uh, Rage 2 is seamless. There is not a load time that I I saw outside of loading into the game, you know, the first time. Uh, and the load time for loading into the game is actually really good. Like, you know, loading up my save was really quick. Uh, maybe a few seconds. I was actually kind of surprised at how fast that loads. Uh and everything loaded, you know, very seamlessly. There wasn't a whole lot of pop-in. Uh, so the scenery, and there's not a whole lot of scenery for sure, but right. the scenery, uh, you know, didn't pop in. It didn't have, you know, weird graphical issues. Uh, I didn't detect any slowdowns on my machine. Uh, so there's there's some good there. The The underlying structure of the game was you know was built correctly it's just how they implemented the gameplay that's kind of lacking gotcha uh well i'm <laughs> just gonna add i'm kind of <laughs> more travis Wait, what does that say does that ever wonder why chuck norris left oklahoma because travis meyer told him to <laughs> <laughs> More, 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 Travis. Meyer so games. I gotta say, Justin, I'm highly disappointed. Why? I still see that router sitting up there on top of the bookshelf. I haven't had time, and my laptop's not connecting to the internet. Yeah, we gave you a a way to fix that shit. We can we can plug it in and break. Yeah, yeah. So, but so Rage Two is a disappointment. It's not a disappointment; it's just mediocre. Uh, I want to point that out that it's not a disappointment. I am kind of disappointed that I spent sixty bucks on it. I would say that it's a three and a half star game. It, it's 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 more of a three. Um, I go to three and a half. Well, there are some parts that I like, but there's some parts I was like, eh. it, it's it, it just didn't have gunplay is good. It's just it's infrequent. Yeah. Um, I don't really care to upgrade my ride. I don't care to pick up any other ride. I don't really care to fucking drive. I hated the fact to progress the story I had to do a race that I didn't want to do. Oh, God. I fucking hated that race. So I plugged in my controller so I could race better because mouse and keyboard were not working for me. Uh, I, I was able to beat it just barely with the mouse and keyboard. Fucking hated that race. That was That did not need to be there. I did, did not appreciate that one bit. Um... Uh, I can tell you that there is an upgrade for your pistol that makes it usable. Um, <laughs> get the armor breaker rounds, and then there's a uh, there's an option to uh, it, it increases the fire rate so that you can fire just as fast as you pull the trigger, um, and that makes the gun actually usable. Um, it's the fire rate beforehand that was really that just really sucked. 
because uh, it didn't do a lot of damage, but you can put 20 rounds down, you know, downrange relatively quickly with that upgrade, and, you know, it makes it usable. So I put that in the rotation of guns. Uh, and I did kind of rotate the guns around just just to get an idea of all of the guns, and I used the shotgun probably the most. Um, but after I was done with that, after I was done with Rage, and between dodging tornadoes and shit, uh, I played more satisfactory, uh, because I hadn't really gotten a whole lot of opportunity to, uh, to play with, uh, some of the newer shit, like the vertical, uh, conveyor belts and, you know, and, and doing stuff. And I've got grand plans for my, you know, for my factory and, you know, and what I want to do with it. Uh, already kind of set out basically an entire field of concrete. Uh, nice. I, I used probably 10,000 concrete or so, uh, which takes some time to build in that game, uh, to kind of set out the field that I want to, uh, that I want to use. Uh, and I've, spent a lot of time trying to get oil and, uh, you know, and tap into some uh, pure resources so that I can get a bunch of fucking resources pulled into this one spot. And I'm just kind of grinding along this, uh, this, this big setup of this. And now I'm working on the design for how I want to build my grand factory. Uh, I am running into some frame rate issues now because I've put too many objects on the game. Uh, but uh i've i've got my nobilisks which is basically di- dynamite uh which allows me to open up some of the uh some areas in the map and some uh uh some truck paths so that i can get to you know uh you know like the quartz resource and, and stuff like that some of it's blocked off but <clears throat> i've um, that's where that's my time sink that is you know the game that i put hours and hours and hours in and get very little done because everything is small inter- incremental steps. Right. You know, but game's still fun. In fact, you can get it for less than $10 now. So, or about 10 or $15, I think it is. Buy that shit. It's amazing. I mean, it is early access and it does have some frame rate issues, like I said, but all that shit gets passed over with, uh, you know, with optimization, especially when it goes through uh, the, the next few uh, iterations of early access. I mean, Subnautica had some really bad frame rate issues, you know, right at the beginning of the game uh, when it was in early access. And when it finally came out, I didn't run into very many at all. Uh, if I don't even remember it slowing down the last time I played it. So, you know, it's, it's definitely worth actually, you know, picking up and playing. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I heard that, uh, uh, you know, I, I saw the Beat Saber actually got a 1.0 release. So it is now finally out of early access, uh, which is really great. Uh, they've also included a level editor in the game. Uh, so you don't have to download a third party, you know, you know, I, uh, I think it was a Python program that, uh, that, or was it Python? Fuck, I don't know. But anyway, it was a third party tool to, uh, to do, uh, beat maps for the game. Uh, they've actually included a, you know, a level editor, the official level editor in the game. Uh, I'm not sure how good it is, but it's, uh, it, it's, at least it's in the game. It's something. 
something more than was there before. Yeah, they've done a little bit more of optimizations, and I think they've made their last UI pass on it. So changes in the UI really breaks the fucking mods in the game. Uh, so I'm I'm hoping that they just lock down the UI so that there isn't a whole lot of changes there, so that mods don't have to change very often. Uh, the mods were updated fairly recently, though, so uh, so I still have access to all of my songs and you know some of the special features. Not all not all of them are there, but there's you know there's at least, something. At least it still has mod support, uh, even though it's not official mod support. Beat cool. Saber Beat Saber doesn't want to officially support mods. It's just mods can be bolted onto it fairly easily, <laughs> so. I mean, and that's mm. true for most independent games. Right. I mean, that's... They don't want to officially support uh, support mods and custom songs, uh, because a lot licensing. of that a lot of that would be licensing issues. So if you do download songs and you just basically you you taking that risk yourself, but it's personal use, and as long as I'm not streaming it and making money off of it, I'm fine. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty much all I've been able to do. Uh, I I have uh, I have a trip coming up, so I'm kind of planning on that. I've got a lot of fucking planning to do with the uh, with the trip. I'm going up visiting family uh, for a couple weeks here coming up, uh, and one of the things that I need to do for that is I need to build a computer. Uh, I need for to, your mom and dad. I need to build a computer for my mom and dad, and uh, they were so fucking close to unplugging their computer and throwing it out into the freaking yard, and then just using it for darkening practice. Uh, apparently, the case for the computer has more dents in it than last week. Because um, uh, so, in other words, your dad has been beating it senseless. Uh, when I was talking to my mom during the uh, during the tornadoes, my dad basically said, "As soon as you're done dodging fucking tornadoes, build my fucking computer." Thanks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's done with it. <laughs> he, he, as far as he's concerned, he can't use it, uh, and that that's not a you know, that's not a thing that they want to do. So. That'll be the first thing I do when I get there is build them a computer. Um, so I've got a you know I've got a parts list you know kind of building right now, and I have to make it as you know make a uniform parts list that's going to be useful for pretty much everybody in the family. Uh, they all use the computers very similarly for you know just random internet stuff and being able to take care of their finances online. So. You know, I'm just, uh, I'm building a, you know, low to mid-range computer, you know, with nothing super fancy that's just going to be really strong and really, you know, and fairly secure. So, yeah, I'm going AMD because, you know... Processor-wise, it makes sense right now. Well, yeah, because of the whole, you know, Intel vulnerability shit that, you know, that just continually pops up. Um, buying Intel chips does not seem like a good idea right now. So AMD's getting getting more dollars from me uh, going forward. <laughs> uh, but that, I mean, outside of you know just doing all that, that's that's pretty much all I've got. 
Well, why don't we take a break and we'll get back. Alrighty. We'll be back. So, um, just want to give a quick update to what we will be going through the next few weeks. You're going to hear this episode a little late. Yeah. Um, it is so that Rusty can go home, and it's so that I can see my girlfriend in another state. Right. As yeah. she is on extended work, not vacation, <laughs> to uh, nowhere, Florida. I'm going to vacation, and I'm going to be disconnecting from just about everything. So because <laughs> nothing fucking works in northern Michigan. <laughs> I won't have much of a choice. He'll be going to nowhere, Michigan, and I will to see family and I will be going to nowhere, Florida to see uh, part of my family, there I you would go. say. So Yeah. Um so there'll be a few days where we are it, offline. Uh, we've got episodes to, in the bank. To be honest, guys, we got episodes in the bank, but over the next few weeks we're gonna be kind of light so yeah. you know those episodes will be kind of spread out more well, to make the gap while it's actually not even, out of town it's, it's not, not even that bad because like the one i got so the one that we recorded last was it last week last week's episode is is, is the one that's in the bank right now right, right and, I, and I posted the week before this week yeah kind of in anticipation not knowing what's going to go on yeah and then so we've got this one will be posted next week yeah. mm-hmm or not this one. The one before this one will be posted next week. This will be posted. Let me see how this yeah. works out. At most, there's going to be a one to two week gap. Yeah. So, and we're going to try to record. I guess we're going to record Thursday a short episode. So yeah. last week's we post. Next week, this week's we post the week of the the first week in June, and then there goes my phone again talking about weather. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then the week that we're getting back is actually me posting that following weeks. So at most, it'll only be a one-week lull for you guys. Um, though for us, we're actually not recording twice. Right. You know, so two weeks out for us. But and then once we get recorded again after that, then then, then we'll be up to date. And you know the the goal. I always say that the goal is to not have so much time between recording day and when it actually gets posted, but we all have lives. Uh, I try to uh, I try to get things and done so as quickly as I can, but I also want to be able to have time we, to play games. We shit. also maintain a buffer for when life happens. Yeah, you know it's so it's. I mean, we do this as a semi-pro hobby, I guess. Would you say? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's been consistent for years now, so I guess so. Yeah. So, I mean, we've got good equipment. We regularly post content, but there are times when we take a break. And I would say that after, since doing this since 2011, fairly consistency going, getting close to 400 episodes. Yeah. We're not. We're going to crest 400 episodes, like, by the end of summer, probably. Yeah. No, it's, it's coming up. Yeah. Where, what, this will be, is this 380? 379, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, something like that. Um, it's it just, won't be this summer, but it'll be this fall. We're going to hit 400 episodes. The, the thing is, you can always go to the archives. Every single episode we've ever done, yes, since 2011 is in the archives. They do not have the descriptions 
or the titles in anything but audio format at this point, but they're there. They're definitely gems in there, too. Oh, my gosh. And I will speak to some <laughs> other things, too. Like, we recently had some tech issues, and I've kind of figured out what it is. So, part of how we do this episode is to think of it like a rapper, right? Uh, not 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 like Lil' Kim, but like a, <laughs> it's a rap. There's the web page, and there is a cell or a table that encapsulates each of these podcasts. And mm-hmm. what I do is I take the oldest one and replace it with the newest one, and it kind of wraps around, right, right. In, that, in that capsule. And I do that over and over and over and over again to always have 10 with, a, with descriptions in it on that page for the episode page. Mm-hmm. Um, if you click anything that's an episode title that is more than 10 episodes old, it will not show up if I post it in Twitter. You're going to actually actually go to the website. I'm going to have to start posting that. And if you are watching or listening on Safari, it will not give you the time frame on the episode based on the media player that we're using. Mm-hmm. Um, as a media player that is part of the wrapper, we should say, mm-hmm. um, that allows for other reasons behind the scenes that I don't want to speak to on an open show. Right. But there are reasons that we're using that player, and it's not going to show the duration, but it will actually play. It's just not going to tell you how long it is. <laughs> so if you wish, if you wish to go to the archives, though, you can play those in a media player. Or if you're on a i device, Chrome has a browser that's set for i devices that you can use, and it works perfectly fine in that. You can download the yeah. MP3s from the archive. You certainly can. Yes, so, you can. And, and you can play even... directly from the archive. So, i.e., Firefox and Chrome have been tested on all of those things. I, was helping out one of our long-time listeners with the show this weekend. And just that's kind of what the deal is. Is It's not – Safari does work a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And I – again, I'm not going to go into the reasons why we're not doing it the way we are for Safari specifically. Right. But I will say that it would require changing a lot of things in the back end for the site to work. And mm-hmm. I, me and Trent both don't have that kind of time. But we've also fixed some things in the back end to make sure that it plays in Safari if you're just clicking. Just know it's going to say NAN when you're looking at the length of video. There's Right. It's just not going to give you a time. Without us setting a time code to that, it's always going to say that. And without us using a different media plugin, it's going to say that. Yeah. It, it, you, I believe even in Safari, I'm not a big iOS fan, but uh, but I believe in Safari you can still... Right click where the media plays, and you can still download the MP3 if you and you have if you have a uh, a, a you know your own media player. Just, just so still... for future reference, always go to tiltcast.com/episodes, or in that list, there's a link for the archives right at the very top. Yep. So I think going forward, when I post these, I'm going to post the link to the archives too. That so way, you people can just can... download directly. Yeah, because we want you guys to listen to the show, and we appreciate the feedback and things like that. Yeah. Um, more so than that, though. Um, very quickly, I'll just give my two-hour review of Hades because I've played a little bit of that. Very playable. Um, it's newest game by Supergiant Games. Um, in my opinion, more of my style of game than the last couple of games. Um, like Transistor, but this is and like Bastion a lot. Not so much on that other game, Pyre. I wasn't a big Pyre fan. It was kind of a risk game for them. Yeah. Um. Hades more true to the form with it's a roguelite and what it is is you're trying to escape hell essentially and as you are going through the game what happens is they randomize the dungeons and there's a boss to beat and I guess you get further than that I haven't gotten further than the boss but every room has a symbol that you click on and that symbol gets you into the next room and it tells you kind of what you're going to get you're going to get like dark matter which are basically points for upgrades 
or keys and all that stuff persists through death, uh, except for your money. You spend your money on the run as you go when you have find opportunity to. You have a finite set of health that follows you room to room, and there are ways to offset that. So I've got it set to where I get three health per room um, that I enter, but you have to either buy health or have upgrades that you've acquired that give you more health as you kill things or do certain things. Um, it gets pretty frantic, but the controls are very well done. And you buy different weapons as you go to also set up different styles. So far, I like the spear a lot. Um, but essentially, you go through and when you die, you reset the dungeon. Um, that's the type of game it is, and it is extremely playable. Um, much shorter run form than Dead Cells. Dead Cells is a roguelike with could be like a four or five or six hour runtime. <laughs> this is more of a roguelike with every run lasting me. So I'm not good at it yet, right? But mm. right now it's lasting me 15 to 20 minutes a run. Um, it's been pretty satisfying so far. And it's on the Epic sale for like another week for like 10 bucks. So at 10 bucks, I was pretty okay with trying it out. Um, so give it a shot if you're interested. Yeah. Nice. There's a few things that's on the Epic sale so, that's worthwhile. Um, getting into some news. New. Uh, so this is fairly this is fairly exciting for me just because I love this IP. Um, so at uh at the Big Ben Interactive event last week, um, or earlier this week in Paris, it was announced that not only is Paradox Interactive of course, developing uh, Bloodlines 2 right. for Vampire the Masquerade. Um, it was announced that Big Bad Wolf, the developer behind the council, is also working on another RPG. Sweet. Um, right now, it's just titled Vampire the Masquerade. And what... Uh, basically, the, the only thing they've said at this time is that unlike the council it won't be episodic it will be a full length rpg mm -hmm. um it will all of the clans and disciplines will make their way into the game as well as uh most of the general game like stat rules etc right. from the tabletop um that's about all they've said and they said it'll be at least two years before it hits market yeah if um, they did, if they did like a, uh, but a proper RPG, um, versus the first person RPG that is Bloodlines, uh, if, would if, would be welcome. If, the, if they do something the kind of like uh, towards it, if they if they did a Icewind Dale or you know like a Neverwinter Nights style of yes. game for that. That would be fucking fantastic. It would, because uh, that that uh, the White Wolf games, especially Vampire the Masquerade, actually kind of would fit really well with well, that kind of style. Along, so here's the special part about White Wolf for anybody who's never played their tabletop games the the world of darkness specifically, um, which includes Vampire the Masquerade, a werewolf game, a hunter game. Hunter Games Except great. Hunter Games great. <laughs> it's like supernatural. Um, Hunter the Reckoning was a was a top down RPG um, game that yeah. was made based off of that. Yep. Um, their world specifically, more so than a lot of other tabletop games, the 
they set up the world very richly and very detailed. Oh, yeah. Um, there is a lot of it that leans heavily on um, on true recorded world history mm-hmm. um, to set backgrounds. Uh, but at the same time, um, they don't really leave in leave a whole lot to the imagination as far as the world now of course the storyteller can take their own licenses with it etc but all of the background it's one of the few tabletop games that really gives you a rich deep background to work from as a storyteller yeah and you can use history in different ways with that game yeah uh there's Certain battles, for instance, like big army battles, uh, you know, between, you know, you know, different, you know, human, you know, counterparts. Yeah, it, you it's could the set... storyteller's choice. If you... the storyteller wants to, uh, so there are two base games. One happens in the, basically the Middle Ages, mm-hmm. um, and then another one, and then another the one mastery. happens... The masquerade happens uh, basically during modern time, right. right? So they give the storyteller room if they want to go from one to the other. Um, they can visit some popular spots in history, like literally one of the one of the plans uh, our mutual friend David actually had uh, before our game troop kind of fell apart mm-hmm. was. Is going to take us through some of the major spots in history after, um, uh, after the, uh, I forget what the first vampire game's called, but right. Anyways, after the Middle Age campaign fell apart, right, he's actually going to have us hit major political hotspots like World War One, Vietnam, yeah. etc. On our way to the masquerade, um. You know, and you can play with all of that, which is um, what happens in the night. It's yeah. it's all, you know, all of the stuff, is, the idea behind it all is that you as the player character as a vampire uh, would be in the background of all of these things, influencing the human populace do it, to do certain things or to win certain battles and uh, and and yeah. you just like the hidden hand. So and that, that I mean, idea the, of the hidden hand is really prevalent. So that. that very same thing that makes a great tabletop game also leans it more so than most other tabletop games towards being adapted into RPG video games. Mm-hmm. It, it's very, it leans very much towards that. Can you imagine being a vampire um, during like World War One and World War Two? Oh, dude. I mean, like fields of food. <laughs> um so i mean i just i mean the, the thought of, of another, morbidly, but yeah the thought of another rpg excites me um another piece of information uh, uh come out in the last week steam link is now available for ios yes yes it's uh um, for those ios people out there uh that's so basically you can now have steam link on i think your i had to go ahead and download that that's maybe the only other reason to use my ipad at this point <laughs> i start saying if nothing else anything. at least give it a try i don't i, I um, still don't have anything apple i don't know that i'd want to play dark wood on that but i might try xcom yeah it'd be it'd, it'd be worth it? it i don't know it was it's that one <laughs> dark wood could work 
Um, also, other news. Uh, let's see here. The uh, I I've got something. Um, so uh, apparently, Sony and Microsoft have come to have come to an agreement. <laughs> yes. um, this that uh, basically Sony will be uh, leasing and using. Microsoft's cloud service. Yeah, so uh, uh, that, for their streaming platform. That that was that was a surprise to everybody, including the people who actually develop PlayStation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. That's gonna be a uh, kick in the shit. I believe it? I believe Sony's employees went. What the fuck? So so what it happened? What happened was is at the top uh, at the high level, Sony, the parent company got with Microsoft the parent company and said yes we're going to use the you know your cloud services for our products and then that news filtered down to well, the Xbox and the PlayStation yeah. teams on both sides and they're like well what 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 now well, what, what so the PlayStation developers and the guys that are building the hardware for for PlayStation and trying to work out how games are going to function on the uh, on their new system they're like, well, wait, what? We're working with the enemy here, and uh, the Xbox guys are like, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> so that's got to be one of the weirdest PR ever that's going to happen, because but, you know that they may try to suppress it, and right. Microsoft is going to try to explode it, uh, right? But ultimately, um, I think this was a little bit. Of, of an inevitability. I mean, Sony has spent the last seven years trying to develop their own service to very little avail. The thing uh, is, is that building a cloud is, infrastructure is you're, hard. You're building a cloud infrastructure, and you're building it primarily in Japan, which, of course, has the technological parts for it, mm -hmm. but... Everywhere else doesn't have their, it. Their internet infrastructure is so much different. Different not the word ours. better is the word it's, you're looking um, for. That um, that's caused some issues as well as just they are a Sony is primarily a hardware company. Yeah, for, for the most part, um, yeah. trying to produce something that is primarily software. Well, <laughs> I mean, the uh, the idea here is uh, that the so, Azure servers, of, you know, and the uh, and Microsoft Azure. Uh, if there is one thing Microsoft has done right the last decade, yeah. it is Azure. So, so there's only there's uh, sure you can get you know cloud computing pretty much you know in smaller pockets, but if you're looking at something as large as the PlayStation user user base, you want to have something that has you know a proven infrastructure in Microsoft, proven stability. Yep, you know, Microsoft's got proven that proven performance. Uh, you know, and the only other options that they would have would be, say, like the Amazon cloud servers or the Google cloud servers. Yeah. And considering that uh, Google's, you know, their answer to the Plus, gaming market is going to be using their uh, their cloud services, they're not going to sell that off. But Microsoft will sell anything to anybody. So, well, uh, <laughs> no, they won't sell anything to anybody. They will lease anything to anybody. They're selling the service. I mean, that's yeah. all that... You know. They are selling a service. They're not selling the actual cloud space. Right. You know, it's... 
but they're that's, selling that's how access that works, to dude. the cloud space. But that's how that works. Right. The sunk cost but, is actually in the hardware, and they can scale it, uh, and then they just they just sell that the, service to yeah. a company. But the but primarily, this will work out better for both the PlayStation and the Xbox side sides of things. Why? Because ultimately, this is going to push publishers in the long run to go ahead and just make games available for both. Well, that's what what I'm looking at here, uh, and it's going to because help. ultimately it's going to be running off of the same backend infrastructure as everything. That's else. exactly the, the the point. It's going to help developers to build games. Not necessarily. It doesn't have to be like you know everything is going to be cross platform. You know you're going to have exclusives, but the idea is is that these development companies will have a uh, will have a similar tool that they can use to access you know cloud computing, uh, whether or not they work on a game that's going to be PlayStation only or if it's going to be cross-platform, which increases uh, their productivity. They can get games out faster. It's going to be running on a proven infrastructure. They're going to be able to uh, you know to get uh, you know better quality out of you know out of their development time. Uh, so that there isn't quite as much crunch and a lot, a, a lot less you know, issues on the back end of things. Yeah. So they now, use a pipe that's already there. Yeah. Um, and then another thing I saw this week was, uh, in, in fact, this just this was uh, released uh, yesterday. Um, all Telltale game series. Mm-hmm. Have now been removed from GOG. Kind of a sad thing. I mean, the um, and just an update uh, late yesterday was that Two K is currently uh, working to try to get Tales from the Borderlands back on Steam for those people who did not buy it when it was there. Yeah. It's um, the, the the because you know the developing studio went the way of the dodo. Uh, it's um, you know, that's really the only way to get things. I'm not sure why they would pull it from GOG, honestly, uh, outside of maybe licensing. But I, I think it was probably more the the agreement was probably expiring. And they, just and they probably couldn't settle on a new one. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, if, if you haven't played any of the Telltale games, they're fun. Uh, I mean, they were they were their own niche, honestly. Uh, but Wolf Among Us and Batman are the best ones. Yeah, uh, it's, I'm kind of still kind of sad that I'm not going to get a, a another you know Wolf, Wolf Among, Among Us because it was really good. It was um, extremely good. Yeah, but um, also another word in other news. Apparently, not to confuse anyone, but next year's Call of Duty will be <laughs> Modern Warfare. Just modern warfare. This not, is not. We're just going to go back to what we've done. No, this is not the same game, though it shares the same name with Call of Duty it's Four. It's going to be a reboot, pretty much. That's what they're. Brother. That's what they're going for. Is a reboot. Oh, brother! It's not a. Uh, it's not a remaster. It is it's a, a reboot. Soft 
reboot. Whatever. Modern Warfare. According to the again. press release. So, so what they did is they kind of old? they they just kind of pigeonholed themselves with the freaking like cybernetic goddamn like you know wall running fucking leg yeah. shit. Uh, that that most people were like, well, we kind of liked it when people weren't running along the fucking walls, uh, and we just liked the gunplay and good maps. Uh, and that's why the re- you know the remaster was you know was you know so sought after is because people were just tired of the fucking double jumping wall running bullshit. Um, so they're like, okay, well that worked, and we get to use modern weapons, uh, which have been, you know real world counterparts that we can test. Why not go for it? And here you know here it is. This is the second coming of a fucking game that's what you know. 10 years old now or more. Uh, it, it, it's, I, I'm so over call of duty that it's like a non news thing for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would say word of caution here. This has not been confirmed by Activision or infinity ward. This yeah. was totally it's broken really by Kotaku. According to many different sources. I'm sure if I was Modern Warfare, I'd release it to Kotaku because I knew a bunch of fucking Myrmidons were reading. (laughs) But, I mean, I saw that. I had to bring it up because, well. They might as well just release it to their sister company, BuzzFeed. (laughs) (laughs) Or Jezebel. Savage. The hate is real. Savage. I mean, I just don't have respect for a a gossip site painted as a video game news source. <laughs> but a shitload of people read it. Yeah, well, so it know. must be true. They've yeah. got like three good writers. <laughs> if not, now that I can agree with. Oh man, so I, I saw some things uh, pop up in my news feed that uh, that caught me off guard i'm like i'm not expecting this uh panic the uh the publishers of firewatch uh they're coming out with a handheld device uh they're calling it playdate uh and it looks like it it looks like you took a old game boy made it thinner and squashed the controls closer to the screen uh and then added a crank i don't know what the fucking crank does but it is a black and white screen, LCD panel, uh, has a D-pad and an A and a B button, and that's it. But it has, uh, like, you know, think of, like, a fucking fishing reel, like, a crank on the side of it. And it's the crank is not to power it, is what they, what they, when they put out the initial picture, people were asking, is that crank there, like, so that you can wind up the batteries or something? Uh, and that would actually be kind of cool. <laughs> no, they're they're saying that that is actually an input for the game. So one of the things that you'll do so is they, wind the crank on. Did the somebody have thing. a lot of nostalgia for the old Tiger Watch games, or I, what? It kind of looks like it, though. I mean, from what I was able to see, they've got about four games that'll be coming out. Uh, one of them is going to be a Bennett Foddy game, which is you know, if you remember, you know, those you know the. Uh, Getting over it uh, is a Bennett Foddy game where the guy's in a pot and he uses a sledgehammer to climb a, a mountain with a bunch of junk all over the place. Uh, I, I guess that's one of the developers of one of the games. It's uh, super fucking niche. It's weird. Um, the they plan on putting out a, a game. Watch was pretty niche too. It was fun. It was cool. 
Yeah. I wouldn't say it was really it was just interesting. This doesn't really fit a whole lot, but one of the things about this device is that it is going to be, you know, internet connected, so you can uh you can download new games directly to it uh through Wi-Fi. Uh but you can, you know, you can play the games offline. Uh th- you know, they're going to be developing new games for uh for the Playdate. Uh, and that will, you know, they'll be releasing a new game each month or so is what they're, you know, is what they're targeting right now. Um, but it, it's really odd looking. It's really tiny because uh, it, it kind of looks like a cross between a Game Boy and one of those Tiger games. Like, it really does. Uh, there's not a whole lot of, uh, from the screenshots that I was able to see of, you know, of like the title screens for the games, they don't have anything else. You know, just that. Uh, it does not have really great resolution. I'm thinking, you know, think back to, you know, the uh, the original black and white Game Boy, those kind of days. Uh, and I think even, you know, even the Game Boy had better resolution uh, than what the screen can provide. So don't expect a whole lot. Uh, what I can tell you is that the, uh, that the that they're targeting a price of about 150 bucks which is really pricey for something that small and that limited and that niche. So I, I don't know how that's going to work, honestly. Uh, and I'm not sure what they were thinking. Uh, it's kind of a, kind of a weird thing. And I'm interested to see kind of what that crank does for the games. We'll find out a little bit more once it gets closer towards, uh, towards release, what the crank does. Uh, as far as an input, I, if you would just kind of bookmark that, let's just keep following it because I'm curious. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's something for me, but maybe it is something for me. I don't know. It it, it might be something to you know to throw in a bag or you know or maybe it's you know uh, like a game system targeted towards a kid or something. I don't know. Uh, it's like I don't want I don't trust my uh, my kid with my you know four or five hundred dollar investment in a switch. Here have this uh, $150 throwaway thing that can get new games, you know. <laughs> right. Uh, can't imagine that crank's going to be like super tight to that case. It is kind of hanging off the side on the right hand side of it. So we'll bookmark it. We'll you know we'll watch it and see how how hard it fails because I, I anticipate it not being great. It's a really odd risk for them to take, being that they had a good game but i don't know like did it sell well enough for them to start this yeah starting you know you know developing hardware doesn't seem like a uh a great thing the hardware doesn't look all that great either so we'll see um you know e3 is coming up uh we'll be watching that of course and seeing what you know what pops out at e3 as far as new games or new news and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing something about Final Fantasy of course from there but um you know one of the things that uh that will be uh you know a, a big question is whether or not uh Cyberpunk will be playable at E3 uh and according to a tweet uh the uh Cyberpunk game will not be in a demo booth as playable by the you know by the general public but they do have a playable demo that they will be demonstrating on stage which and if you've ever followed anything at E3 anything that is quote a playable demo uh that the it's developers play staged 
it's very staged. Yeah, so take it with a grain of salt. It's, you know, it's probably not you know ready for consumption yet, but they still want to kind of get it out into people's eyeballs. So they're you know they'll play a little bit more, and there's been some gameplay that's already been released. I think it was last E3 that they did that. Um, so and they said that it was like super early, and everything's probably going to change. Uh, you know, the game just needs to come out, but I'm more than willing to wait for as long as it takes. Uh, that game needs to be right, otherwise it's going to sink them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, considering the uh, the hype bubble around it, they, they need to make it right. So, don't totally. expect, if you're going to E3, don't expect to play it yourself, but you'll be able to see at least some more gameplay, and I'm sure that'll be up on the internet someplace after E3. Uh, let's see... Oh, uh, you know that uh, that other zombie game that uh, is is not uh, Dying Light, but also wants to have melee combat and and whatnot. Oh, you mean Dead Island? Yeah. Uh, also the, published by Deep Silver. Uh, Deep Silver is no longer publishing it. Um, so oh, because they uh, had Dying Light. <laughs> apparently, uh, apparently. Um, Dead Island 2, which, I mean, if you remember, uh, I think it was a year or two ago, there was a trailer of a dude kind of like jogging and the whole zombie apocalypse happening around him. Um, Because that's a thing that normal people do, right? Um, It's like the, but that's very similar to the original trailer. Right. Well, the original trailer with the whole backwards, uh, you know, where they had the the trailer playing in back, you know, backwards time. Yeah. Yeah. That was art. Whoever came up with that, perfect. Game didn't look anything like it, but the guy that made that trailer, massive thumbs up because nobody really has done that before, and that was it was really good. Um, this trailer was kind of more meh, uh, but uh, the thing is, is it's still a thing, even though it's not really been in the news cycle very much. Apparently, the IP has changed hands about three times. Uh, THQ Nordic has got it right now. Uh, and uh, the CEO of TH- uh, THQ Nordic has uh, had come out and said, yeah, it's still a thing. It's, it's still, you know, still being worked on. So it's, it's not dead. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's still coming, coming out. Am I anticipating it? Fuck no, because it's a zombie game. Um, and we already have... Dying Light and Dying Light 2, I mean, coming soon. The thing is, is Dying Light is being, is being helped along by Chris Avalon, one of the best RPG game makers. So when you've got Dead Island, which basically fell flat for me because I was... was I, like, I will say Dead Island's a solid four for me, but <laughs> Dying Light is a solid 4.8. <laughs> like, it's right. so much better, and they're going to improve it. Holy shit balls, I am interested. So the idea behind, you know, Dead Island was basically zombie bashing, right? You just beat the shit out it of zombies. It was a lot of cool, like, uh, was... basically weapons that could be modded and had color tiers, right? Yeah. They did the same thing with Dying Light, but then the melee combat is infinitely better. It's like Oblivion meets it. Right. Well, I can play Dying Light because... They focus a lot more on the parkour and getting, you know, getting from point A to point B efficiently and fast. Uh, so I played Dying Light all the way through uh, and enjoyed, 
you know, enjoyed my playtime, even though it was a zombie game, I could kind of ignore the fact that uh, I could get away from the zombies and I liked the whole day-night mechanic of it. Uh, Dead Islands? Nah, nah, I'm, I'm good. You know, if if they need to take another five years, I'm not going to miss it. <laughs> I really won't. Um, but I, I kind of fear that that game, De- you know, Dead Island 2, is going to be so overshadowed by Dying Light 2 that it's not going to get any play. You know, uh, and it might as well just kind of fade out of existence. Right. Less zombie games is great, in my opinion. Come up with something new. I really, I really just want, you know, want something new. Uh, I did hear that uh, Destroy All Humans, remember that, you know, that game from way back in the day? I used to love that game. Yeah, uh, there, there's rumors going around right now that it might be getting a revisit. I'm not sure if it's a, you know, remaster or a reboot or whatever, but, you know, being able to see Destroy All Humans on modern consoles, you know, hardware might be interesting to see whether or not they could kind of capture the kookiness of it uh, because it was kind of a Mars attack situation, right? I just hope it's still fun. <laughs> I, I remember liking destroying all humans. Right. Um, but two wasn't as good as one, in my opinion. It right. Had, it had more tricks in its bag, but didn't flow as well. If they do it again, um, I would hope the campiness is there, but you're going to have to get past just the arcade style, and you're going to have to have some kind of mission structure or something. I know what I'm really excited about is Urban Warfare, the uh, new Battlefront, or Battle... Battlefront, oh my god. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Battletech um, edition is coming out for 20 bucks. Oh, really? um, June 4th, so right around the fucking corner. And then... Phoenix Point, which is the game I'm looking forward to, is still not out till September. So Phoenix Point's something that I'm going to pick up because I did enjoy, you know, XCOM, but um, I still have not touched BattleTech. Though, if you know, if BattleTech goes on sale, it is right at the top of my list of picking up on sale. Um, I'm, I, I guess I could try it, uh, but there's already so much with BattleTech that's great. Like I could, obviously, I've put like I think 300 hours into it. Yeah, and that's modding it remodding it there's a battle tech mod that adds a whole bunch of extra mechs and then there's that rogue tech mod which makes it infinite yeah infinitely replayable like it's just i could play that game forever yeah fucking playing that game forever i I just i i remember actually um you know (laughs) so so uh so i i broke 100 hours in uh, in beat saber um and just things, things, you know, games that I spend a whole lot of time in. Uh, 100 hours in VR is kind of a lot. Um, but uh, I was telling my, you know, my coworker at work, and he's like, "Yeah, I play, uh, I play Elite Dangerous in VR, and I, and I, and I forget to go to sleep sometimes." I'm like, "Great, that's not what I want. That's definitely not what I need right now." Uh, but he's trying to get me into Elite Dangerous. Now I was telling him about Beat Saber. Of course, he plays that too. And he's he's like, yeah, I can, I can beat a couple of the uh, of the hard ones, and I'm just like, hey, 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 uh, I get bored with Expert Plus, um, <laughs> right? So Beat Saber has the uh, the hand movement tracking. You know, I don't know how, you know how um, accurate it is, uh, but I got over two thousand kilometers 
Now, if you do the conversion, that's over a thousand miles. It's like a thousand two hundred miles or so that my hands have traveled while playing Beat Saber. Um, so I have swung my arms more than I've walked in the last five years. Uh, <laughs> I, I love Beat Saber. It's really great. Um, I don't have much else, dude. Uh, oh, neither. I don't really either at this point. I'm going to ride the wave. We got stuff, things and stuff, and E3 will come up, and that'll be in the middle of us being gone. So we will talk more about that, I'm sure, yeah. after the fact. It's, of course, there's going to be a, a news lull right before uh, E3. So, uh, And then, of course, it'll explode, and that'll be pretty much all that we talk about as far as news is concerned, is seeing the the new shit that comes out so uh hopefully we get some some good news about some of the ips that we've been watching and waiting for for a while all right well we want to wrap this up then sure all right jason where can you find us find us at tiltcast.com find us on facebook and twitter.com slash tiltcast our youtube channel is youtube.com slash real tiltcast and search for us on on Tillcast. <laughs> At Tillcast.com no, slash episodes. Say not, I was going to try to say, not say iTunes because I'm used to it. Oh, my gosh. Find friends <laughs> of the show, For the Love of Gaming, and that's with the number four, find Cabbage KBG on Cabbage. YouTube. Um, you, you can also you, find... Um, John doesn't do the podcast anymore. <laughs> we're we're so it. used to... I'm used to saying the Carousel Podcast. But we can't, so I'm just going to say that find other friends of the show that are still making podcasts like BMFCast.com, NoQuarters.net, which does a monthly podcast, and TVGP.TV. They play video games. And with that, it's the end of the damn show. All right. Peace.